0: Welcome back to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Thursday afternoon, a jam packed program, and we end today's show with a bit of artsing around with Andrew Dembina. How are you doing, Andrew? It's great to speak to you today.
1: Yeah, nice to speak to you, Noreen. Very well. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, very well. I really enjoyed your show on Saturday. Very nice. Great, great music. Oh. bit of reggae thanks very much. Yeah, it's good.
1: Um, a bit of reggae, a bit of laid backness. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yes. Well, what yeah. have you got for our listeners uh, this Thursday afternoon yeah. for artsing around?
1: Well, okay. So it's, it's, it's been a funny time to do um, the, the, these reports because of things being on and off. But one thing that's remained stable, and it's not the first time that I've mentioned it, is that the um, auction area for selling bits of fine art, bits of really seriously museum-worthy, collectible fine art, or for personal collectors, has been thriving during this time. And I don't know whether it's people... I don't want to turn this into some kind of pseudo-financial segment, but it's um, but it's but it's interesting that people are turning to the... Uh, the really big name, known artists, to invest money. Maybe, maybe other areas of financial investment um, are, are, are less stable at the moment. Um, that's, that'd rather be a question for Peter Lewis, though, really, wouldn't it, for his programme? <laughs> but um, <laughs> rather, rather than for us to discuss in too much depth. But um, but the reason I mention it is because um, a picture that I sent you, one of those mystery pictures that you sometimes refer to with no caption information, that I simply explain when we're. Doing these reports on the phone Um, together—very bizarre,
0: very bizarre. Ah. There's no context (laughs) whatsoever. It's just a couple of art pieces.
1: Yeah, just uh, just uh, just art pictures. And uh, but today there's only one picture that I've sent you, and it's a rather fetching young man with long, cascading red to fair hair, holding um, a mysterious small round. Framed portrait of an old man who looks something of a guru with his beard, doesn't he, Norrie? Does. But um, it's um, it's a work by an artist that we have discussed before, Sandro Bot- uh, Botticelli, oh. and um, so Renaissance painter and uh, Italian Renaissance painter, one of the most famous. Um, he's, his his uh, painting of uh, of Venus um, sort of rising from uh, from from the sea is probably his most famous work. Um, but this painting has just been sold in New York by Sotheby's for, to get the second world record for an old master painting and it is the new record for a Botticelli painting it fetched ninety two point one million US dollars which in our money is um, seven hundred and thirteen point two million. Hong Kong dollars.
0: Wow. I, so I have no concept of how much that is. That's a lot of money.
1: 713.2
0: mil <laughs> Hong
1: Kong dollars. I mean, I can't get my head around that either. And it's, um, and it was sold from uh, a private collector and it was bought by a single private collector. Um, the collector was um, uh, is a Russian uh, collector, a buyer, and um, uh, it was chased in second place by a bidder um, who was a private collector from Asia, said a Sotheby's mm-hmm. spokeswoman. So it's it's just staggering. The the, the records have been smashed um, over the last uh, 12 months during the COVID time. Um, it looks like people really are looking at museum-worthy pieces. So the Botticelli was being sold by the estate of the late U.S. real estate billionaire um, who, um, late, so he's not around anymore, but his name was Sheldon Solo. Who bought it at Christie's another auction in 1982 for under um, 10 million Hong Kong dollars? So it's kind of interesting, 1982, which um, I mean, yeah, that's a while ago, but um, 10 million now it's worth um, 713. Uh-huh. Um, or that's what uh, the new, new collector has paid for it. So it um, the, uh, the 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 works of Botticelli come up very very rarely because they're mostly all in. Um, national museums. A lot of them are in Italy, uh, in Florence, in the Uffizi Gallery, um, and other galleries around the world do have a Botticelli or two. The auction record for a painting by the artist previous to the one just sold um, was a mere, um, in Hong Kong dollars, 81 million, which was in 2013. So, um, the painting is called um, a Young Man Holding a Roundel, and a roundel is um, the Renaissance-style round frames that were painted or gilded with real gold leaf. Um, it was a style that the Renaissance artists um, wanted to uh, to use because it symbolized uh, fertility, having that round frame around a painting. It, it, uh, it was something that brought a family, um, children, basically. It was believed somewhat superstitiously in Italy Superstitious. to have that meaning. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, just as a reminder... Uh, after that bit of news, should the Hong Kong Museum of Art open its doors again soon or before the end of the month? Uh, listener, do take your chance if you haven't seen it already or do see it again, because it's fantastic to see the Sandro Botticelli um, exhibition that's, uh, that's on behind closed doors, unfortunately, at the moment, called Botticelli and His Times, the masterworks from the Uffizi Gallery in uh, in Florence. It's, go- it's due to be on until the until February the 24th. And I checked on its website today, and there is no information about any exhibition, so I don't know if it's going to be extended or not, because the whole website is kind of blocked by a museum closure message at the moment, um, uh, as is the case with uh, a lot of other public institutions. But, um, but folks, don't, this will be the exhibition of the year, especially the funny year that we're having right now. So do try to see if you can the Botticelli exhibition. In fact, you should do that with your kids, Noreen, if, uh, if you get the chance, if it opens up. It's such an amazing... They, they, they might find it really interesting because it's lots of, um, there are so many pictures of uh, the Madonna and the baby because yeah. it's Botticelli and his peers. And from a kid's point of view, I remember when I took my son when he was really young, it's the more human reaction of just seeing like a mum with a baby without any religious context coming into it, really, because they just see it for what it is.
0: I shall, and And I'll report back,
1: yes. Yeah. So, um,
0: uh, next, I've got a
1: couple of uh, tales of recent woe at two of the world's top graduate institutions in different parts of the world. The first is a report not about an art college, but it does involve uh, some artwork, kind of protest artwork, really. Um, Five Turkish students were arrested last week over an LGBTQ-themed artwork. So for those who don't know, that's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual, and queer um, themed artwork. It was something that was uh, uh, something of a protest exhibition that was put on to coincide with protests against the Turkish government's new appointment of a head of Istanbul's university called the Bogart, uh, Bogarty, um University. And uh, the arrest just came two days ago over a specific work that depicted um, a well-known Turkish mythical half-woman, half-snake kind of being from Turkish folklore. That's known as a uh, Shah Maran. and um, it, this 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 uh, being was shown at the centre of uh, Islam, the Islam religion's holiest site in Mecca, uh, called the Kaaba. That's the one where 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 we see it at different times of in normal times during um, uh, holy festivals in. Uh, um, in Mecca where pilgrims are walking around in a circle. So, um, Turkey is still very much an Islamic uh, country and the government has, uh, you know, takes the, uh, the religious aspects very seriously. And so when, when, um, when artwork was asked to be submitted for this uh, uh, student art uh, collective to show an exhibition coinciding with mass demonstrations on the campus of this university, to protest the government's appointment of a, of a new head um, or rector of the university, um, uh, the, the offensiveness of the, of the painting to some people um, got, got people thrown in prison. It's interesting that artwork can still do that. And it actually made me think and wonder, and I've spoken to you about this before, and it's something that, that would be interesting, I think, to look into. Um, I know it's highly sensitive, of course, is how protest artwork, which uh, in Hong Kong brought um, certain images to the fore uh, which were shown in galleries um, uh, during 2019. I've not heard too much. I've spoken about people, gallery, spoken to gallery owners and a couple of artists. Nobody knows quite um, what the reaction would be to certain imagery in fine art and who would be uh, possibly liable under the new national security law. For um, for certain imagery, which um, which would have been um, not really a second thought before the uh, uh, the new national security law came in in uh, June.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's very interesting because I've spoken to a few artists on the 123 show Mm. just talking about how, uh, you know, various uh, political um, uh, unrests and social unrest, how that's sort of inspired Mm. their artwork and and art pieces. But what's funny, you know, what's sort of sensitive now uh, may not have been sensitive at the time of its creation before. It's really hard to Mm. um, (laughs) draw that line. So mm, yeah, very very interesting.
1: Yeah, no, but but also it's very interesting you mentioned that because if it was made, let's say like social media posts or comments that have been made before the 30th of June this year, which is supposed to be absolutely fine because the new national security law came in then, and it's only supposedly looking at things that have been said or posted after that. But if uh, but if a gallery nevertheless decided to show something. Uh, after the date of the national security law, then I suppose that's their responsibility for showing it, isn't it? Mm. No matter when the uh, the artwork was created, there's possibly that argument. So, yeah. don't know. These things are yet to be tested, aren't they?
0: <laughs> yes, but, remains um, to be seen. Maybe a topic yeah. for, for, for 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 the Definitely. show or for back chat even.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's, it's it's very interesting, yeah, conceptually. So but March um March
0: and and March is sort of known as the art month in Hong Kong. Well, Maybe it's definitely
1: a topic. It, it normally it normally is, but um you know, Art Basel who um who cancel sorry, postponed Art Basel from Last March year. when it would have been this yeah. year, then then pushed it to November and now they've decided that it's not even going to be on. So it's uh they're, they're just not even going to roll it out in uh in, in, 2021, unfortunately. But, um, but there, there we go. In, uh, Boba, um, Bogaziki university, uh, Istanbul's one of, one of its most prestigious universities, um, some, uh, something that showed, uh, images that were deemed offensive more for religious than, uh, than subversive, um, than, than sort of, uh, political reasons, um, has had people, um, um, thrown in prison. So art can provoke these things in mm-hmm. different, uh, you know, according to different uh, laws. Or, uh, since um, since uh, 2016, after a failed coup um, came close to toppling the now-president, um, Erdogan, um, it's interesting to note that he uh, and uh, all powers um, in his control have arrested thousands of uh, academics, artists and students for things that have been found offensive. So, just a little postscript there, and uh, moving on. The next, uh, the next sort of uh, area of focus is um, um, one of um, Britain's most famous art schools, Goldsmiths mm-hmm. Art School in London, and um, it's it's churned out or it's brought, it's brought to public uh, exhibition, I should say, more more positively. Big name in, uh, artists like uh, Damien Hurst, who works in all kind of kinds of media, he of the, uh, of the uh, sort of floating cows and all kinds of other sort of con- uh, contemporary contentious uh, art, and uh, British sculpture Sarah Lucas. It's said to be in big trouble because uh, last week um, its lecturers en masse stopped assessing students and uh, refused to, uh, to step in if, uh, if, if other professors were absent in some kind of uh, um, industrial action because of layoffs that are happening at goldsmiths right now and so um... art students who are in their final years doing BA or masters degrees have been really given the extra stress now of not having professors um, tutoring them up to the last moment no matter how their um, uh, assessments are going to work um, whether it will be in-person or continual assessment is a very disruptive thing to happen as uh... As the uh, as June is only a handful of months away, when uh, students are finishing their final, uh, you know their final exhibitions, putting up their last bits of work to be assessed. So uh, a spokesperson for Goldsmiths College said that, like many other universities, Goldsmiths is, is facing significant financial challenges from a range of factors, including the impacts of COVID-19, and that's their reason for having to lay off some staff, and so all of these others have gone on everything but strike. They, they're still working, but they are just doing things, you know, to the letter and they're not stepping in when people are sick and things like that, which made me think also that, um, I don't know, I've never, before reading this article, uh, a report on this case, I hadn't thought about um, how tertiary or any other educational educational institutions have been uh, financially impacted by COVID-19 and uh, feel that um, that they can't continue going because I suppose in the UK now, you know, all kinds of tertiary education is paid for by by loans, and if uh, if people aren't up to date with paying these mm. uh, through COVID reasons, it might be um, a reason for uh, them to be, you know, on the brink, like we hear so many other businesses are. Interesting. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, I, I suppose with schools, you know, you have to pay your school fees in advance anyway. Well, yeah, what well, term by term. Yeah. So they're not. I really- don't. Yeah, you know, I don't.
1: I, I don't know. Is it term by term there or? Uh, or, or yeah, you know, it can't be a year in
0: advance because I'd be have to. I think uh, yeah. you can. I think I think there are different plans. You, it depends on on individual families' sort of circumstances. You can pay it per term. Mm. You can pay it um, the, the whole year if, you, if depending on how much it right. is. Yeah, or I think two right. installments as well. You can. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Oh really. Well, you'll people need to might find parent, out. Parent. Uh,
0: your, your son yeah. will soon go to university. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know. Once I know. You find I don't want to
1: find out, Nori. I don't want to find out yet. But, uh, it's these gonna, are, these gonna times be expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I know. Well, I'm going to change the subject and move to my final point for today. <laughs> and uh, a quick, <laughs> a quick mention that booking began. Back to Hong Kong now. Booking began two days ago, for the 49th. Hong Kong Arts Festival, which begins on the 26th of this month with some performances still going on until um, the early parts of April. So um, the ones that are going to start from February the 26th are online performances um, and and the Arts Festival this year is uh, kindly offering some online uh, performances uh, free of charge. Oh. So it's worth having a look, um, and I want to go into a bit more detail into this of what some of the programmes are. So I'm just mentioning it now only as a little taster or teaser, because um, tickets uh, and bookings for the free ones, reservations, have just started happening as of two days ago. Uh, because uh, so, so far, like the Museum of Art that I mentioned at the start of uh, this segment, the uh, performing venues are also uh, closed at the moment. But, you know, we're hearing murmurs, aren't we, that all sorts of things might be opening and starting to open now. So there are contingency plans uh, for filming things which should be an in-venue performance for the Arts Festival. So if theatres are suddenly closed down, they will still do them online for those who have tickets. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, there are some online-only bits of programming too, and I'll uh, go more into that next week.
0: Excellent. uh, Sorry, go on, Andrew.
1: Oh, I was just going to say so, but, but take a look now, anyone who's interested in reserving uh, or paying for the paid for tickets um, or reserving one of the free ones for yourself. But I'll go into more details next week. So some, there is some really interesting stuff happening. Have a look at hk.artsfestival. Artsfestival is one word, .org, So hk.artsfestival.org.
0: Excellent. Whoa, nice cliffhanger there. So we'll take a look at the program and uh, you'll come back with some maybe recommendations uh, for our listeners uh, next Thursday. Definitely. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And that's Andrew Dambina, our Artsing Around correspondent. And I'll speak to you again next week. Thank you very much indeed. Bye, Andrew.
1: Thanks, Lorraine. Bye now.